produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Episode of Wookie Radio. It is the Smothers Three. Ken, Derek, and myself, Mike. How are you guys doing? Doing good. I'm fantastic. Is it me or um, did it sound like Bodactin there? Um, I've just noticed it for the first time. Sounds like they've learned how to say Wookie from um, um, Rio. It's a Wookie. Well, they're French Canadian. <laughs> from Quebec. So, um, I mean, to me, I think it works. I mean, I, yeah, I, I know. Like I, oh, it's I, an awesome I theme. It. Yeah, I love that theme. So, and I can guarantee there's no other Star Wars podcast that has bagpipes in their theme on an original theme, <laughs> especially playing the Star Wars main title. That's right. So, um, check out the website down the right hand side is our affiliates and the link to our merch store where you get cool <coughs> hockey jersey, baseball jersey, sweatshirts, t shirts, hats, etc. Uh, T Public where you get our pour gets what's for dinner t shirt and also get that on other products or just a straight pour. Um, which last week when we talked about porg i got blasted by a silly string <laughs> from the one oh, yeah. from my daughter um follow us on social media at wookie radio or email us at wookie at wookieradio.net business stuff out of the way nice quick and easy um it, one of the top stories for the week star wars producer gary kurtz passes away at the age of 78 mm. Uh, he was yeah, one. That, kinda, that sucks. That's a good long run, though. He was uh, the original producer of Star Wars. Um, while he may not have been a household name, uh, he was known to many Star Wars fans and had a massive impact on the success of the franchise, at least the first two films. Uh, he helped challenge Lucas in the best ways possible to make Star Wars and its sequel, Empire Strikes Back. Um, many would argue that the trilogy doesn't happen without him and his involvement. Um, court, the official statement from... Or the, is there a... There is no official statement on Star Wars. Got, from the family? Um, it's just, on here. Oh, no, not on StarWars.com, no. Yeah, it's, it's just the story. Um, he first worked with Lucas as a producer on American Graffiti, uh, which became a massive surprise hit. Uh, he received several Academy Award nominations. Um, following that success, uh, he went on to work with Lucas on Star Wars. Uh, he also produced The Dark Crystal and Return to Oz. Oh, I haven't thought about that movie in forever. <laughs> that, that, as much as Wizard of, the, uh, Wizard of Oz is a classic and it's awesome, <clears throat> that was one of the creepiest movies I've ever seen. Yeah, Return yeah. to Oz. It was such a great movie, though. And what, what year was that? Yeah, uh, 85. 85. So I was, I was nine years old. That was scary for a nine-year-old in the yeah. 80s. <laughs> 
Now, from the family, uh, this came from their Facebook, uh, from the family Facebook page, uh, Kurtz Joiner Archive Facebook page. With deep love and respect, the family of Gary Kurtz is sad to share that he has passed away. He died from cancer on September 23rd, 2018, in North London, England. Gary was a beloved husband, father, grandfather, friend, colleague, and mentor, whose work and talent spanned filmmaking, photography, music, and cinema history. He was a Marine, a world traveler, an outdoorsman, and a kind, compassionate human being. His life's work was to share the wonder of audiovisual storytelling through the art of film. Well known for his work as the producer of American Graffiti, Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, and The Dark Crystal, Gary was passionate about telling stories that shared the humanity of characters in entertaining ways for audiences around the world. Gary was a magnificent man who will be missed. His whole family thanks you for your loving thoughts. Um, then Peter Mayhew uh, also made an acknowledgement. Uh, R.I.P. Gary Kurtz, a great filmmaker and a man who just passed. Without him, there would have been no force. You will be remembered in the incredible films that you've made that touch the lives of millions. Um, so, yeah, 1940 to, night to 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember meeting him briefly at Celebration 6 and sitting in on that panel talking about the films was great. Um, now I wish I I got the autograph and the picture, but yeah, I mean, definitely a great guy. Yeah, he was, he was instrumental in a lot of, and uh, you could see with the movies he did, he were he was a longtime collaborator with with Lucas. I mean, working yeah. in American Graffiti, um, A New Hope, and Empire, and yeah. then on to Dark Crystal. Yeah, and of course, Dark Crystal was all um, Jim Henson. Yeah, and really, well, think, didn't Lucas help produce that or something? Um, well, Henson was working with Lucas on a lot of stuff anyway, but Lucas may not have officially had anything to do with it. But I don't think Lucas had much. I mean, with it. I don't think so. I mean, I mean his, his filmography: uh, Two Lane mm-hmm. Blacktop, uh, Chandler, American Graffiti, Star. Wars, Empire Strikes Back, uh, the, the Dark Crystal, Return to Oz, Slipstream, The Thief and the Cobbler, The Steel, Friends and Heroes, uh, which was a television series, 52577, and it's my brother's birthday, uh, and Panzer 88. Uh, incomplete projects was The Spirit with Will Eisner, Jimmy Rees, and Brad Bird. So that would have been based on the comic strip hero? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Tiefer. I didn't want, watch that movie, The Spirit. Once, a.k.a. AKA the thief and the cobbler new the, a new Atlantis in Panzer 88 so I mean didn't been around 40 years didn't do a lot but still I mean got recognized what he did were bit. big projects yeah, yeah. Um, American Graffiti nominated for the Academy, won the Golden Globe, won Kansas City Film Critics Circle, nominated for Best Film from New York Film Critics Circle, Star Wars, of course, we know the accolades with that, um, Empire Strikes Back, won People's Choice Award, won a Hugo Award, won Best Science Fiction Film Award from the Saturns, uh, Dark Crystal won Best Fantasy Film at, at the Saturns, uh, won Grand Prize at the Avoria's Fantastic Film Festival, nominated for Hugo. Uh, Return to Oz, nominated for Best Fantasy Film at the Saturn Awards. I mean, so, I mean, definitely you knew if you brought him on, it, it was a big deal. So, uh, Jim Henson, or with uh, Dark Crystal. Yeah, Lucas wasn't involved. Huh. Well, you know he was involved somewhere, like I said, because at that point in time, Lucas and Henson were talking back and forth on a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, he might have. He might have. One of those where they were collaborating, consult. bouncing ideas yeah. back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
It wasn't any official role or anything that was written down, but you know Lucas knew what was going on before it happened. I think the only time might have been maybe um, ILM, which was still heavy, heavily Lucas film controlled before spawning off on their own as their own division, their own company. But uh, who knows? Just have to wait and see. You know, I'm not gonna say wait and see, but it definitely was one of those great impacts that was that was worth. Oh yeah. Definitely worth it. Um, I know for me, with, with my audio career, I wish I had some of the accolades he had, but I'm okay with where I'm at as well. So I, I'm good. Someone else is good, which <laughs> could be taken yeah, this good is, way or a bad way. Well, yeah, staying in the realm of the producers, uh, this one is one that people have been throwing around uh, ideas of what's happening with this since Solo came out. <laughs> um, but the, we have a definitive answer. Kathleen Kennedy is not going anywhere, at least for the time being. It was actually at a time of recording, it was um, renounced today, that Kathleen Kennedy has had her um, her contract extended for an additional three years through 2021. You still there, Mike? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy's had her contract extended through 2021. Um, now, we know that all the what she's done since taking over the company in 2012. With the um, four movies that have been out so far, only one of them has had any troubles. And I have a feeling that once the Blu-ray and DVD sales for this finally come in, it's not going to be as big of a loss as they expected. Yeah. Because, uh, like we said, we've I've not heard anybody who said the film was a bad film. It was The problem was just nobody went and saw it. Well, I think that's funny. Yeah, exactly. All, all those people who were against the film are now loving the film now that it's out on DVD and Blu-ray. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, she's she's sticking around. We know that um, up on the horizon, we do have more Star Wars films coming. They're not going to stop making Star Wars films. Uh, they're slowing down a little bit, so they're not, we're not going to get them like every six months or like they were hoping to get. But as of right now, it looks like we will be still getting them once a year or so. Uh, episode nine is in the works, but uh, they are focusing more on TV, at least for the next couple of years. With John Favreau series coming and the Clone Wars that just got announced, which I am doing backflips, it's awesome that Clone Wars is coming back, even for just one season. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we got actually started coming next week. We have Resistance premiering on the Disney Channel. Yeah. And they also have the fifth Indiana Jones movie in the works that uh, just actually just got bumped back by a year from July 10th of 2020 through to July 9th of 2021. Just because they weren't quite ready with the script yet, they say. So um, they're going to take the time, get that right, and then send it out. Now, um, Kennedy has, just like Gary Curtis has had a career, K Kathleen Kennedy, the movies on her career is way even more bigger than that because she was one of the founding members and still, I believe, is on the board of Amblin Entertainment, which if you've heard of like E.T., or Back to the Future, or Jurassic Park, or just about anything Steven Spielberg's ever done. It's all Amblin Entertainment, because that's his company with um, Kathleen Kennedy and her husband, Frank Marshall. Right. So, um, yeah, she's and that's why she and Frank actually won the um, the Academy's Award, uh, Irving G. Thalberg Award, for their body of work reflecting a consistent high quality of motion picture production um, this past summer at the Governor's the 10th Annual Governor's Awards. Or no, actually, they will receive it on November 18th. Now, we already covered that one, but um, right. it looks good. Like I said, Lucasfilm is in good hands. The only thing I would suggest, which we've already said on here, would be let Kathy be the um, do the business side, but bring in someone to be a creative head for the company instead of just the um, the story group in general. Actually, put someone in the position and say, "Hey, this is the creative lead for for Lucasfilm." And I I still say Dave Filoni is the spot the man for that job. 
I'm glad to see they finally, um, I'm glad to see this come out. It's finally, the question's been answered. She's not going anywhere. So all the people whining and complaining I mean, can stop. That's a vote of confidence from, from Iger. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And uh, you know, for Iger to do that and not listen to the, the rhetoric of, oh, you need to fire her and all the death threats and everything else. Mm-hmm. Disney as a whole is not stupid. Yeah. I mean, if they were stupid, well, <laughs> I could say one thing I I think they were stupid for, but uh, if they were stupid, then they would they would have let Kathleen Kennedy go after Last Jedi, definitely after Solo. Mm-hmm. But they know what they have. They yeah. know what's going on. And like I said, her track record, you, you talk about Kurt's track record, but you look at hers, it's like, yeah, not every movie's a blockbuster. But she's she's been a part of, uh, arguably, the last 40 years, probably at least 50 to 70% of um, the biggest movies out. Oh, yeah, right. well, the, the, other, <laughs> the other catch is, too, she, not every movie has to be a hit, and Disney knows this. Yeah. Right. Disney also knows something that may not be a hit in the box office is going to take off on the, when it comes out on home media. Well, hopefully we exactly. are seeing, hopefully we are seeing that with this film. Exactly. So, I mean, there, there's no, there's no right or wrong. If this was, if this wasn't meant to be, she would have been gone. So at this point in time, if you wanted to see her go, get over it, deal with it, or leave the fandom. It's the way I feel. Yep. Hey, and if you choose to leave your, leave the fandom, uh, Give us a message, and we'll find, I'll figure out a way for you to just send me all your stuff. <laughs> so I'll take all the collectibles and stuff. If you really want to step out of the fandom, that's fine. Yep, you could go. Sign our don't let the womp, at, womp rat mm-hmm. hit you on the way out. But so. uh, moving away from producers, we're actually getting into some video game news, kind of. And we have a new VR thing coming. Yep. Indeed we do. And it's going to be called Vader Immortal, a Star Wars VR series. And uh, a teaser trailer came out for Episode 1. This doesn't really show a whole lot, but it gives you a nice little taste. And uh, uh, so Episode 1 is launching on Oculus Quest in 2019. And here is the official word on it. Uh about ILM XL Lab, Step Inside Our Stories. ILM XL Lab was launched by Lucasfilm in 2015 to embrace the next truly transformative opportunity in entertainment, immersive storytelling, powered by real-time computer graphics. Uh, a lot of people are saying that VR is going to be the next big thing or yeah. is becoming already becoming the big thing. Uh, the I just wish it would come around my area. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> VR is the becoming award. a reality. Uh, oh, oh, cute! So the VR is just becoming an R. It's just uh-huh. slowly becoming an R, <laughs> which means no uh, one under seventeen can, can view it. Oh, sorry, folks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm lucky that I don't have a void or anything like that around here. But there is a um a small little startup company that's actually got a video or a virtual reality arcade not that far from me here. That we're oh, gonna nice. get ready for Geekwatch One. We're gonna go do an interview with him, and actually, he's got a Star Trek bridge simulator program that he wants to try out. Oh, that's cool. Oh, cool. VR. Yeah. yeah, I wish I had. A, like, I wish I had hmm? a void near me. It sounds like the one they have for the the uh, PS4 VR. The bridge simulator, which is cool. Yeah. Anyway, to continue, the award-winning team strives to transition from storytelling to story living 
by using VR, AR, and other emerging technologies to bring worlds to life and establish deep and intimate connections to characters. ILMX Lab develops and publishes premium story-based immersive entertainment experiences for the home, theater, and public venues. Uh, they're based in San Francisco, and they are known for Carney Arena, the Oscar-winning VR installation directed by Alejandro G. Inaritu, and a critically acclaimed hyper-reality experience, Star Wars Secrets of the Empire. So they most recently announced Vader Immortal, a Star Wars VR series, in co- collaboration with Oculus, and was named the exclusive producer for five original Disney experiences for the Void platform. Of course, the first being Ralph Breaks VR, which is coming out in fall of this year. And an untitled Marvel adventure coming in 2019. So big stuff coming. Big stuff coming. I didn't know what this was. That Oculus Quest they're talking about, we thought this was for the Void. No, the Oculus Quest is actually an Oculus home console. Yeah. No computer, No, and it's only $400 starting price in 2019. Uh, I believe it's uh, a Microsoft. No, it's either Microsoft or uh, Lenovo made. I don't know. All I know is this whole thing, no PC, no wires, no limits is what they say here. I'm looking at the site for Quest, and it's actually Oculus is coming out with their own um, console, home console. This is good, and that's actually priced affordable. Because that's that's the price you're paying for an Xbox or a PlayStation when it first comes out. Yeah. Right. Except it comes with the, and it's of actual home VR. Well, that's how much the PlayStation VR was when it first came out, and that doesn't even yeah. include the PlayStation. This so, is good. Like, it's all inclusive pretty, at that price. Right. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Uh, the Oculus may have figured out how to do it finally. Mm. Finally, get the VR into the whole into people's living room and make it work. Yeah. They've been uh, they've been a big name in VR for a while now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got to put a mark on this. Definitely coming. <laughs> the tagline is "Don't fail him, Vader Immortal," <laughs> coming 2019. <laughs> yeah, I, I may have to start saving up my quarters. All right. right. Like I said, you know, once Galaxy's Edge opens, you know, there there is a void kind of close by to where. To where Disney's at? Okay, it's on Disney property. <laughs> we should, it's we a, should, we should do a void tournament. We can fill that void. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! We can fill wow. many voids. <laughs> Oof! That was so bad it hurt. That was almost worthy of a mic joke. <laughs> oh, fine. <laughs> Being the resident dad around here. <laughs> don't, don't upset the Wookiee. Um, now, we do have some new details on the Falcon ride from a Galaxy's Edge. Uh, of course, we're all excited that it's going to open next year. First in California, then here in Florida. Um, not only will the attraction introduce fans to a new planet, well, not only will this, yeah, it's attraction to some extent, uh, it's going to introduce Star Wars, uh, fans to a new Star Wars planet, uh, filled with other attractions, humanoids, aliens, and droids. But as we have talked about many, many times, it's going to have my ship, the Falcon. Now there's new details about the iconic ship that have made its way online thanks to a bonus feature. Uh, the laughing place 
just recently put up new information about the Millennium Falcon ride uh, from Solo's The Millennium Falcon from Page to Park featurette, giving everyone an idea of what to expect from the new attraction. I'm pissed about this because I got my copy from Best Buy and it doesn't have this featurette. And what makes it even worse, there really wasn't any talk about what makes the different sets. No one really put together anything that I saw that showed what the different sets were, what the different packaging from the different companies were. Well, it's just, it's the same way they marketed the film. They didn't market the film when it first came out, and now they've not marketed the DVD Blu-ray. It's almost <laughs> like they're trying to make it fail. Yeah, I know, right? But I had, I saw the same thing, though, with Avengers Infinity War. Yeah, I didn't right? even know that was out. So what what is there different about, I mean, again, I got that from Best Buy, too, but I haven't paid attention to see, oh, there's only this at Target and only this here. No, I'm kind of over all that. I'm a, yeah. fe- I'm a features junkie. Give me the option to pay five, six bucks more to get a copy that's got everything. And yeah. I bet you you're going to find out that's going to sell more than all these pieced together. Yeah, but it's not, I don't think it's the studio that's making the choices on what's exclusives. That's the actual stores themselves saying hey we'll pay you this, we'll give you this much if you'll actually give us some special feature that you can only get at our store yeah and, and the problem is it's going to be money talks and that's the way it is mm-hmm. that's exactly mm-hmm. the way it is and the retail stores have all the money and yeah they, and this is why all this is happening so soapbox mm-hmm. retail stores stop it go back to the way <laughs> it was give let us have everything you want to do bonus stuff then do little oh you get this with your with your movie don't don't make us fight over what store we go to to get what feature at because that's just gonna piss piss people off yep and uh yeah. problem is everybody gets ticked off about it and it still goes and buys it <laughs> yeah yeah the only way to talk the, the only um language they speak is money and unfortunately that's not gonna go away when it comes to blu-rays and dvds uh-huh now um the ride will consist of seven pods with six seats each uh, to allow Galaxy's Edge visitors a chance to interact with the environment around them. So we're talking 35 people per ride, um, allowing riders to control the Falcon while they're inside. Uh, the attraction's executive creative director, Aza Kalama, explained, you're truly in control of the fastest, most iconic ship in the galaxy. And Hondo, he's gone ahead and added a couple extra seats so he could get as many of those flight crews through as possible. Oh, Okay. You notice that name she just put in there? Hondo. Now, pro- I don't think that was a slip. I think that's no. it, that's exactly who she's talking about. I, I, I'm yeah, gonna, I think so too. I'm going to continue on. There are there are 200 some odd buttons, knobs, and switches on the inside of the cockpit, and they all do stuff. If you're the gunners in the center um, and you don't fire back at those Tie Fighters fast enough, they're going to riddle the hull with laser bolts. The engineers in the back, and it's really up to them to keep the whole Falcon in working order so they're back so they're back there furiously working away at their various systems now we said hondo they're going to get sent on a mission for star wars rebels and clone wars hondo anoka taking riders on an adventure where they have to bring back loot while making sure there isn't a single scratch on the ship here <laughs> so since galaxy's edge is supposed to take place during the current time period of the first order this means hondo is still alive that is awesome because all this type of stuff yeah. they usually it is canon. At least if they use characters and stuff, they're characters that are alive at this time. All of this is supposed to be canon. 
So does that mean that Hondo Hondo got a hold of the Falcon before um, Uncar plot? Oh, could Maybe. be, yeah. Maybe. I would love to see Hondo interact with Han. That would be kind of cool. I'm just happy to see Hondo. That's one of the coolest characters come out of um, Clone Wars and Rebels. It's just, yeah, yeah. The pirate with the heart of gold, kind of, but he's still mm-hmm. a pirate. I, I would love <laughs> He'll to still see, leave you in the lurch. I would love to see Hondo with Maz Kanata, Episode 9. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> Working with her for something. Yeah. No, no, no. Trying to swindle her out of something, you know she ain't going to go for it. Yeah. <laughs> but, or, or just... See him in the movie because, like the cantina, uh, Oda's cantina is canon. Any characters created for a Galaxy's Edge will be canon. Mm-mm. So technically, with the Jedi Training Academy, now that the the Jedi and the Padawan and that are specific character names, they're canon. Right. That story is canon. The stuff with the new Star Tours is canon. <laughs> So, um, so, yeah, this is going to definitely be a heck of a ride um, when we get to see this open up uh, next year in California and Florida. So it's going to be interesting. If they put gunners in the center se- seats of these six-seat pods, does that mean they're going to turn those center seats to look out to the sides so you can actually see the um, screens? Uh, I don't know. So if you're facing forward, it's going to be hard to work the guns. Right. Now, um, yeah, that could be cool. From the laughing place, here's a breakdown of the bonus featurette. Uh, it's a 13-minute video that gives a brief look at the new lands and emphasis on the highly anticipated attraction. It features Scott Trowbridge, creative executive at Walt Disney Imagineering, Harry Beck, vice president of Lucasfilm Story Group, Pablo Hidalgo, chief executive, Lucasfilm Story Group, Matt Martin, creative executive uh, at Story Group, Doug Chiang, uh, executive director, creative director and VP of Story Group, Kiri Hart, uh, development at Lucasfilm, VP, Jacqueline King, producer, Falcon Attraction, uh, Carlos Aja Kalama, um, executive creative director for the Falcon Attraction. Um, so, and then there's the different quotes from, from the, the video listed as well. So, yeah, I can't wait. And, yeah, it's going to be phenomenal. Yeah. And wouldn't it be cool if we also end up seeing Hondo or the Falcon or both in Star Wars Resistance? That would be well, cool. yeah, that would be awesome. And we do know exactly where now we know Colossus Station is where this is all based at. Well, we have a name for the planet that Colossus Station is now on. Um, this actually came from Liam Likes SW. It's at Liam Likes SW on Twitter. He said, um, I haven't seen anyone mention this, but the databank over on StarWars.com, we finally got the Colossus's planet name, and it is Castellon. And according to the database, it says located on the outer rim water planet of Castellon, the Colossus is a dangerous place that tends to attract well-meaning outcasts and the more unsavory denizens of far-flung planets alike. Protected by the aces who try their best or try to best one another by in entertaining and dangerous sky races, in between, there are more serious assignments. Uh, for now, the platform is insulated from the large, larger conflict brewing in the galaxy. So if you look up on the database, the Colossus Station, it says where, where it's actually positioned at. And then also on um, StarWars.com and on the Star Wars YouTube page, we got a 
three minute longer look at the actual um show that's coming up yeah and it this is the more i see this the cooler is looking but there's a couple of really cool things that were dropped in this one we get um more of a resi- more of talking about what um kazuda's um kaz's mission is you see him flying a little bit out in space and fighting off tie fighters and such um you get poe talking to kaz and giving him his mission that he's got to figure out what's going on who the bad guys are, who supports the good guys, who supports the bad guys. Um, but there's a couple of little cameos in this that were awesome. The yeah. first one you see that's a character we've not seen before is I'm wondering, because you see a um, red armored stormtrooper, which as far as I know in this in Star Wars, there's only one red armored stormtrooper. And I believe, wasn't it Cardinal? It was his name in the Phasma book. I believe He so. was basically Captain Phasma's chief rival. And for everything she was doing and being in charge of, he was um, trying vying for the same position looks like he's actually going to be in this because that's the only red suited trooper because this wasn't um this he was this wasn't a praetorian guard or um imperial guard or anything like that this was actual store trooper armor yeah but you move a little farther into this and uh you see him kaz meeting up with some of the other characters you get a lot of flying because this is going to have a lot of racing in it but you do get farther in here and you actually get a cameo by general leo organa and the actress they have, I don't remember her name off the top of my head, but she sounds almost exactly like an older Carrie Fisher that we've seen in The Force Awakens. Yeah. If you closed your eyes, you would think it was Carrie Fisher. Also, there was um, a couple other notable cameos. We have a we have a shot of Starkiller Base with the um, the new First Order um, Star Destroyers around it. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. What, I'm flipping through this as I'm going to see. A lot of ships. We get to see Captain Phasma, and she walking around, and it, it is Captain Phasma. It is Gwendolyn Christie as Captain Phasma. Yeah, and of course, Oscar um, Isaac is returning to do the voice of Poe. Mm-hmm. And BB-8 is doing the voice of BB-8. <laughs> but this is this is looking like an awesome show. Uh, it does come out. Uh, let me scroll down. A week from. Oh wait, Monday. actually, that's in the next. Yes, oh, at, a week from Sunday, isn't it? A week from Monday. I thought it premiered on um, October seventh. Sunday, October seventh. Wait, let me look. Yeah, I thought it was. Sunday. Sunday at 10. Is it the sun? Why am I thinking yeah. it's Monday? Well, it's oh. a, it premieres Sunday, October 7th at 10, and then it'll mm. be replayed all week. You know it will. But um, we also got, now, anybody who doesn't want any spoilers whatsoever or know anything about this, you're going to have to fast forward by about five minutes or so. Because I'm going to say spoiler alert just in case so that no one can say we didn't tell you. But Star Wars doc, or um, the Disney Channel released the synopsis for the first five episodes. There's really nothing all that spoiler in here. It just gives you an idea of what the episode's going to be about and who the guest stars are. So the spoiler alert starts now. Episode one, one and two together, which are it's going to be a one-hour event on October 7th, is the recruit parts one and two. We have X-Wing pilot Kazuda Ziono is recruited for the Resistance, but finds himself in over his head. When Poe Dameron assigns him to a remote fueling station to spy on the First Order. Then, after Kaz boasts about being the best pilot around, sounds like another guy we know, he is forced to compete in a dangerous sky race. The guest stars in this one actually are Oster Isaac as Poe Dameron, uh, Jim Rash, and uh, Bobby Moyahan as Lix and Orca, respectively. So it sounds like some of the guest stars we heard about earlier, on, or the cast members we heard about earlier, are guest stars in these first couple of episodes. Oh, that makes sense. Because we heard about Moynihan and um, Rash before. Well, episode two is the triple dark. Kaz and BB-8 uncover information on an imminent pirate attack and must find a way to stop it. This one is actually guest starring Gwendolyn Christie as Captain Phasma. Then we move on to Fuel for the Fire, which is 
episode four, and that comes out October 21st. It's Kaz befriends a sky racer named Rucklin, who pressures him to take some rare and dangerous hyperfuel hidden in Jaeger's office. Interesting that um, hyperfuel was introduced in Solo, and they're still re- working with it here. Right. And this one, Elijah Wood from the Lord of the Rings actually guest stars in this as Jace Rucklin. Hmm. And in the final episode that we have a um, setup for is the High Tower on October 28th, and it's the first order of Arrives at this platform for mysterious reasons, and Kaz and BB-8 are determined to sneak into the tower to find out what they want. And this one stars Donald Faison as Hype Faison. So, and um, according to the article here, it says, wait, the, yeah, all that I already talked about. Okay. So, yeah, that's what the first five, it sounds like it's going to be interesting, and it's going to have a lot of, um, like, spy action in it, too. Not just the racing and the dog fighting. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I that, that's what I'm kind of looking hoping for. That it'll be more than just just the racing. Yeah, I know we're all looking forward to it here. Um, but uh, hopefully you guys are too. I mean, th- every, remember everything they put out, no matter um what show it is, is part of the canon now. So this is actually filling in backstory to before the Force Awakens. Yeah. Well, the the other cool thing about this as well is you know we we've talked about. Whether it was here or with people outside of Wookiee Radio, I'm sure you, the listener, have done the same thing. When The Force Awakens came out, how did the First Order come about? Why was it the First Order and not the New Empire? What happened to cause the Resistance to be known as the Resistance and not the Rebellion? I hope we get some of those answers in this. And if we don't get it in this, I hope we go back a little further and see some of this creation. If we don't if we don't get full answers in this, well I'm sure we'll at least get some hints and clues and Yeah. I would say too, let's if we don't get it in this, let's get it in the comics. Yeah, yeah. As well. So uh at this point in time no, they did do a a Kanan comic. I don't think I want a Resistance comic. Uh, we kind of get that a little bit with Poe Dameron, where that's supposedly taking place before Force Awakens. Of course, now that's uh, coming close too. Yeah, actually, I did. There is an article I saw. Let me see. I believe they are. Um, there is talks that there is a Resistance comic coming, uh, or they're working <laughs> on one. If it, if I didn't it, put it up here right away, but let me look see if I can find where I found it at. If it is, I. Hope Hope is with IDW and it's more aimed towards the kids and not a Marvel book. Nothing against the series or whatnot. It's just scared towards the kids. I, I don't want it in the Marvel series because I don't think it's necessary. Okay, uh, this one is off. It looks like this is going to be IDW. It says uh, this is actually on Star Wars Newsnet. According to a recent article from Jedi Bibliotech, German illustrator. Ingo Romling recently revealed his next venture in the Star Wars universe at the Norse Force Con. Starting in 2015, Romling began working with writer Martin Fisher on the 12-page comics that appeared in the Star Wars Rebels magazine. Uh, with Rebels now over and done, it, it seems that Romling will be shifting his focus to Star Wars comic based on the upcoming anime series Resistance. Now, this is directly off of um, Jedi Bibliotech, translated by Google. It says, Romling could not reveal 
reveal much about the project yet, but was enthusiastic about the designs and the series and the work behind them, especially the anime designs as they contribute something new to the Star Wars saga. Incidentally, these comics will be different from the ones IDW, um, IDW is publishing and will be bringing the Star Wars adventures in November. Uh, according to this, the Star Wars Resistance is set to premiere in October. Oh, that's just talking about Resistance. Okay. Yep. So it looks like this is going to be IDW, but these are going to be different than what IDW is putting out now. Yeah. So that answers that question for you. And I'm okay with that. Well, this whole show is, you can tell, geared towards a younger audience, even though uh, just like Rebels was a, a technically geared at a smart, younger audience than Clone Wars. Right. But you know, true, yeah. I'm okay. I'm excited for this more because I'm a, a Star Wars fan, not, not, oh, it's, I can only watch the adult stuff. This is expanding the story. I want to see it. Plus, I'm going to be watching it with Zoe. Chances mm-hmm. are I'm going to be watching it and then watching it a second time with her. I just, I can't wait, personally. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Yeah. But next up, um, I think, Derek, you got some new collectibles that are coming. Well, speaking of things that are looking cool, why don't you come with me as we enter the collectibles corner? Now, here's a little thing that caught my eye, uh, and it is from Hot Toys, uh, and it is Princess Leia in her Bespin outfit. Uh, it is a six-scale figure by Hot Toys, and the figure is just over 10 inches and the the sculpt on this figure is amazing. It's unbelievable. It, it's almost creepy in a way how how much it looks just like Carrie Fisher from from yeah. Empire Strikes Back. Um, and of course, it has the, her her red outfit with the the white um, cape. Well, not really a cape, but Shaw. you guess. Yeah, I, they call it a cape. I think it was probably yeah, one of do. her best costumes in all the movies. Definitely one of her best hairdos, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, as a figure, it has over 28 points of articulation, wow. which that's pretty amazing. Um, it, it comes with four different inter- interchangeable hands, excuse me, uh, including a pair of relaxed hands and a pair of gesture hands. Don't ask what the gesture is. You don't want to know. It's from Carrie Fisher. You definitely don't want to know what the gesture was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, each head sculpt is specially hand-painted. I mean, this 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 thing is amazing. It even comes with its own stand. Now, the downside is, being that it's a Hot Toys Sideshow Collectibles, it's a little pricey at $204. Oh, $204. Okay. $800. Right. Two. Two hundred and four dollars, but that's you can okay also, though. You can, yeah, go ahead. You can also do that in monthly payments. You can do it in two monthly payments of ninety one seventy five or three monthly payments of sixty one seventeen. Something's okay. up if you got to make payments on your action figures. I know, right? Uh, it's it's two payments of sixty one seventeen and one payment of sixty one sixteen. So the last payment, the first payment, you get to save a doll, a uh, penny. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, the figure is estimated. Is a, penny, is a penny spent. That's right. The figure is estimated to arrive in July, between July and September of 2019. And you can pre-order it now if you have $204 just sitting around that you don't have anything to do with. <laughs> 
Also, it would that's, also make, that's walking around money. Yeah, yeah, sure. It would also make a nice Christmas gift for somebody. And speaking of Christmas, well, uh, maybe like your favorite podcaster. Exactly. Um, or if you'd rather something a little less expensive, uh, my dad usually for Christmas gets me the Hallmark uh, Christmas ornaments, the Star Wars ornaments. And this year we have a couple of nice ones coming out. Um, first off is the Hallmark Keepsake Christmas Ornament 2018 Year Dated Star Wars Return of the Jedi, A Rebellious Rescue with Light and Sound. And that is basically uh, the uh, Princess Leia in her Bausch disguise yep. with uh, Han and Carbonite behind her. And uh, and she's on a little stand, little stand there that kind of mimics a little bit of Jabba's Palace. Um, it's twenty nine ninety nine, and it has uh, when you press the button, it has a light up Han Solo from Carbonite. Uh, so he lights up like like when he's uh, being thawed out, and it also uh, makes you can also hear some dialogue from the scene as well, uh, which we played earlier, and it's a bit long, but you know you know the scene thirty three it's seconds. about thirty seconds yeah yeah <laughs> so. Um, so, so this is that one. You can also, and I just, we were a little confused about this earlier, but there's also a new, uh, 2018 Boba Fett coming out, uh, who's, it says it's the Return of the Jedi Boba Fett. So just, this is Boba Fett right before he falls in the Sarlacc pit. See, uh, I'm looking on Hallmark's site now, and the Boba Fett's not listed. Oh, there it is. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, this one you can get, um, I'm, I'm looking at these on Amazon, of course, and this one you can get currently for $16.88, uh, because it doesn't make any sounds or light up, but it's really cool looking. That is a sweet Boba Fett with a nicely dented helmet. Yeah. Chest armor. Uh, and of course, next up we have the C3PO ornament with lights and sound. And for, uh, you demented fans out there, it's just a decapitated C3PO head. All right, it's not really decapitated, but <laughs> it's just a it's bust a, of C3PO. Hmm? I was going to say it's a bust. <laughs> it's a bust of C3PO's head. Uh, and this one is priced at $19.95 and it does light up. Uh, and make, and, uh, there's some dialogue on that one as well. But, but next up and finally we have. This is the, what's on every podcaster's, um, Christmas wish list. This is amazing. It is the Hallmark Keepsake Christmas Tree Topper oh. Star Wars Death Star Lighted. Now, this baby is currently on Amazon priced at $98.29, but it is, first of all, it measures 6.3 by 6.3 by 6.3 inches, uh, and it not only does it light up, but it has a little wireless remote control in the shape of the Imperial symbol, and, excuse me, and <laughs> it it puts on a light show for you. Oh yeah. The super laser lights up. It it dances around. There's a little light around the the, the equator of the Death Star and it's it 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 has different modes and it it is amazing. 
Again, it's a little pricey at a hundred bucks, but it's amazing. Definitely check that out. Just I could just play the video on a loop and watch that. Yeah. Well, like I said, I was on Hallmark's website. Uh they're listing for the Star Wars collection. Uh the ornaments just listed. Um a Star Wars The Force of Strong tree skirt, hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the tree I saw that. Um, Star Wars Millennium Falcon ornament with lights and sound, and I believe it's supposed to interact with the X-Wing and Darth Vader TIE Fighter and the uh, Death Star ornament set that oh, came really? out last year, which oh, recreates oh, right, the right, yeah. uh, what, Battle of Yavin, or the, the final yeah. final stretch. Um, there is a Star Wars Yoda personalized ornament, uh, the X-Wing, mm-hmm. the TIE Fighter, and the Death Star interactive, uh, a BB-8 personalized ornament, an R2-D2 personalized ornament, a wood R2-D2 ornament, a Leia personalized ornament, a wood C-3PO ornament, a BB-8 mystery box ornament, a BB-9E decoupage ornament. It's an itty-bitty. Star Wars regular TIE fighter just coming soon, which I'm wondering if that's going to be tied in. I'm going to have to check. Um, This one, I think I might have to get Zoe. (laughs) Star Wars The Last Jedi Porgs of a Feather <laughs> with R2-D2. It's R2-D2 and it's got three porgs on it. On them. Nice. Um, oh. Solo Star Wars Story Falcon Ornament. Uh, Star oh. Han and Chewie from Solo. A BB-8 stocking and uh, a holiday C-3PO ornament with lights and sound. Nice. Oh, and I forgot to mention, not only does that Death Star tree topper light up, it also plays the Imperial March. Yeah. yeah. Well, the Imperial March and the Star Wars theme, yes. and um, yeah, the tie, fi- the regular Tie Fighter, is, is part of what they're calling the Storytellers Interactive Light and Sound Ornaments, mm. and you can there are cables to connect the different ornaments together that are part of the Storyteller series. So you can have it. Each ornament will light up when it's talking. Oh, that's cool. At the different stages, it's wild. So it'll be exciting to see how the new stuff plays in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to add to the collectibles, Kodo USA, Kodo Biuka, of course, one of my favorite companies. Um, they are doing the pre-orders on the Bounty Hunters in the Artifacts series. Uh-huh. And with the Artifacts series, I mean, it's, it's a really cool set. Um, but each one of these comes with a different piece. To put Boba Fett together. Cool. So you get the you get the the other five bounty hunters, and each one um, allows you to. If you get all five of them, you can com- build and assemble a complete Boba Fett statue with the bonus parts. The old so, school um, chase figure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's it's pretty cool, and and the, their pricing's not too bad. Uh, Dengar is ninety nine ninety nine. Boss ninety four ninety nine. Zuckus ninety four ninety nine. Ig eighty eight. Ninety four ninety nine and uh, Four Lom is eighty nine ninety nine. But I really love the artifact stuff. I mean, it's some great stuff, and their details is amazing as well. Like with IG eighty eight, you see some of the rust marks. I mean, they get in there with the blemishes and everything else. Oh, where is it? So I mean, you you can really check it out. I mean, you you see the battle damage, you see the metal scarring and scoring. It, it's it's pretty cool. So now, Ken, you were saying you been listening to Star Wars audiobook? Which one have you been listening to? Yeah, well, I, I finally got a, got a hold of the copy of the um, Solo, Star Wars Story Extended Edition, which is awesome because uh, 
the extra stuff you get to hear, get this, um, listen to in this book. Now it has everything from the movie and it has the couple of extra scenes that we've already know, heard about, like the one about with Han getting thrown out of the academy with Tag and Bank. Um, you get a little bit more on Corellia at the beginning, but the one that surprised me a little bit, well, um, before we get to that, to the end of the book, you get a lot more of inside of, um, L3's brain and what she's thinking as we go. And as you get to the end, when she's added into the Falcon, you get her talking to the Falcon and slowly be integrating into the Falcon when she really didn't want to, but it's doing it and she doesn't realize it. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. You get a lot more. Well, being as independent as she is, that's something she realizes that she would have died if she doesn't get put into the Falcon. But yeah. it's, she's basically lost all independence now. Now she no, right. forever she's 100% um, dependent on whoever's flying the Falcon, which really messes with her. <laughs> right. But So you get a lot more of L3 and her character of L3 that you really couldn't get in a movie. But um, when you get to the end, um, everything happens just like normal. Uh, and actually, if I remember right, they never actually say Darth Maul by name. They actually talk, they yeah, talk about I don't him think so. being an older Zabrak, being um, and then lighting up the lightsaber. So if you've not seen the movie from the description, you can understand who it is. But they never actually say Maul or Darth Maul. Mm. But you get to the very end of everything, you get uh, um, and I don't remember. I don't think this was in the movie. I guarantee it. But um, you get an epilogue at the end. You get Emphis Nest taking the coaxium to the person she's going to hand it over to. And she lands, and this person was supposed to show up with nobody else with them. And you get this um, older, dark-skinned gentleman, and uh, you find out she's handing it over to Saul Guerrero. And while ah. he's supposed to be all by himself, and you hear something crash on the ship, and here he's got an 11-year-old Jin Urso with him. Oh, no um, kidding. And yep. so Emphis Nest actually hands um, Jin Urso her mask. That's awesome. Well, this would, but it's uh, interesting. Because, would this be the time ahead. that two tubes went over to Guerrero? I don't know. It's possible. But also, this, this is the first time I've ever seen that officially gives you a time frame for the solo movie. Yeah, that's awesome. Because they mentioned by, actually, they say in there that um, Jin is 11 years old. And in mm. um, Rogue One, how old is she? Did, did they ever mention how old she actually is? No. Mm. I think she's around 2021 20, or something like that. So that puts this so, up yeah. almost even right at 10 years before, which everybody was assuming. Right. But it's like this one little scene that connects it to everything else. Again, another thing. And um, I do, they believe, I don't remember in the movie because I've only seen it once or twice and I've not got the Blu-ray yet. But um, when Han and Chewie are leaving uh, at the very end with the Falcon, if I remember it, they don't actually um, say they're going to Tatooine, do they? No. Yeah, no, they do. They do. Because he says he heard about this um, gangster that's putting together a team. Because yeah. he does mention that in this also. I thought they mentioned a hut by name. No, they, they don't ever, they don't say any name. They just say no. there's a hut together. They never said Jabba. No, I thought they did. I thought they did. I don't think so. I don't know. I have to, well, we will all know next week because we'll all have our DVDs by then or our Blu-rays. I, I thought it, w it was talked about uh, between him and Beckett before he kills Beckett. Because yeah, in the book, sworn. they never mentioned Jabba by name. Movie they did. Uh, no, they just said there's a there's a hut putting together a team. Yeah. Uh, oh no. Yeah, you're right. Maybe they didn't. Actually, I don't even think they say a hut. They just say it's a gangster. No, I think they say it's a hut. Like I said, I'll have now, my Blu-ray tomorrow. I, I'm gonna be looking now after show. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. But no, the book the book was awesome, and it it fills in a, cu a couple things that you don't have to have this stuff, but it's still awesome. And anybody, um, I'm thinking who's listening to Star Wars podcasts wants the extra story. Yeah. But I can see why a lot of these scenes were cut out of the movie. 
because they really weren't needed to keep the movie going. Like, we really didn't have to see what um, Han was doing at the Academy. Right. It's awesome, but it didn't really advance the story. It didn't wasn't necessary for the story itself. Right. So, But it is all back in the canon now. So <sighs> this was awesome to um, read. Uh, I need to get pick up a hard copy of it. I would, like I said, I um I do a lot of borrowing from the library, and the library's digital apps are awesome because I've borrowed a bunch of books from the library in the last year, and I've not stepped foot in the library. So it's a great way to actually listen to the audio if you don't if you don't get a chance to actually buy it. So well, they were um they're lost. Would you would you? I lost my thought. So uh-huh. yeah, that's that's the way I feel about it. But yeah, the well, the, like I said, the whole thing, just that um, epilogue with Jin and Saw Guerrera was awesome. Yeah, that's you cool. See, uh, also that um, Emphis Ness does not agree with the way Saw does things already. Right. And she tells him that it's like she, and if um, if they didn't happen to have the same end goal, she wouldn't be working with him at all. She doesn't like mm. how violent he is and stuff. She's not by nature a violent person. That makes sense. Yeah. And you see that in the movie, too, really, because anytime you see her, she's not leading with a blaster shooting. She has it out if needed, but right. when they meet when they meet on the planet um, with the Quaxium there, she doesn't come out and say, okay, I'm killing you guys and taking the, qua- t- taking the um, what you got. Okay. She says, no, drop it and walk away. Saul would have blown him up and then taken the qua- whatever was left. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, how, how about this for something cool? Uh, apparently... You can make a special modification to your Blu-ray with an exclusive StarWars.com exclusive cover. Ooh. Uh, How do you do that? Do you print it off or print it and then? We've te- uh, StarWars.com has teamed up with artist Phil Noto, whose credit includes Marvel's critically acclaimed Poe Dameron and Chewbacca series, along with covers on the upcoming solo comic book adaptation, uh, to f- smuggle you a free custom solo insert and slipcover for uh, the, f- the Ultra HD and Blu-ray editions. Um and the artwork is great. What you do is um, click on the picture, print it off, obviously. Um, they say print it off on laser-sized or A4 paper. Note, glossy paper recommended. Uh, scissors, paper, cut, uh, paper cutter, or craft knife. Ruler or other similar hard edge. Glue stick and other clear paper glue. Uh, so download the cover above. You print it out on landscape. Um using the highest quality settings you can. Uh, cut the cover using scissors or a paper cutter or a craft knife. Remove the original insert cover, which I would leave it in and just slide this one on top of. That way you don't lose the other one. Um, and then uh, and then for the slip cover, you, you do the two parts and then glue them together, which I can honestly care less about the slip cover, but that insert I would go for in a heartbeat. Yeah, so, that is awesome looking. So, yeah, that's... That's that. So I think that's pretty cool. That's a cool thing to 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 have. Yeah. To to do for them to do. And the one artwork picture, man, would this look good on a cell phone homepage or lock screen? <laughs> so, um, do we have anything else? I think that's all I had. Or there was yeah. one other thing, real quick. Okay. And this is more of a final thoughts type deal. Uh, give me just a second. I just closed it like a bonehead. Um. This one's not really Star Wars news, but it's Star Wars family news. And that is, where to go? Yeah. <laughs> it's jumping around on me. There we go. It's the story. Mark Hamill has been busy and not just doing movies. 
Um, anybody who's familiar with um, Nightfall on the History oh, Channel, their season right. two is coming out, and we have a first look at what Mark Hamill looks like from Nightfall. And th- he looks awesome. You can still see it's him, but he's definitely um, had a lot of work done and been in a lot of battles to- for this. Do you guys see this picture here? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, that is great. Now, anybody not familiar with it, Nightfall is actually, um, it says the Star Wars actor is nearly unrecognizable in season two of history's drama series, donning a full gray beard and a long gray hair. Um, and the picture here shows him, uh, Mark Hamill, along with series star Tom Cullen. Now, Hamill plays Talus, a battle-hardened Knight Templar, veteran of the Crusades, who survived captivity for 10 years in the Holy Land and is tasked with training the new initiates of the Order. A knight training new members of the Order? An old beat-up knight? Wait a minute. Sound kind of familiar? <laughs> Well, Nightfall goes inside the medieval politics and warfare of the Knights Templar, um, the most powerful and wealthy and mysterious military order of the Middle Ages. And it's currently in production in Prague and will order ne- or will air next year. But it's interesting, it goes from Jedi Knight to Jedi Master, now Knights Templar to Knights Templar Trainer or, or Master. Oh, that's cool. So I've not even seen the first season of this. I didn't even know it, it was out there since I don't have cable. So I'll have to um, look this up, see if I can find it. So I haven't heard like of it, but I haven't anyway. seen it. I hadn't, yeah. I hadn't heard of it either, so. But if you look at um, how good Vikings is, this one's got to be awesome, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I heard of it because I was, I seen commercials for it on Vikings. Yeah. History Channel's been doing some interesting shows like that. Um, I know Kylan over um, Geek Watch 1 and with you for Mighty Marvel Geeks has been loving that, um, what is it, 6 or SEAL Team 6 or whatever it is they're called? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But that's right up his alley. He loves that type of stuff. See, I, I've been liking stuff like the uh, um, Brad Meltzer stories like Decoded and uh, Ancient Hit. Or he's done another one. Um and then uh, there was one talking about D.B. Uh, Cooper, case closed, um, being a question. Or uh, there was one about um, custard that was shown today. So some of that stuff I've liked. Uh, Curse of Oak Island I've liked. Um, the Hunting Hitler I was liking, and they wrapped that up. Uh, so I, I'm kind of into the into that stuff because I, I am a history buff. But I, I would love, like AMC had uh, the history of sci-fi, unfortunately, with James Cameron. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's a great series. And, it was, yeah. And the, the one, um, Kirkman. You did talk to, to George Lucas a little bit. Yeah. And then there's Kirkman's uh, one Secret History of Comics, which was great as well. That that was really good. And, yeah. be- and because of that, I finally watched the uh, the movie about Masters and and Wonder Woman. That oh, is, yeah. that is an interesting film. I got yeah, yeah, to that check one. that out. It, it's it's good. It's so worth it. There's that, one about the about the He Man, the guys that made the He Man stuff too. Yeah, that's on Netflix right now. I watched yeah. that one too. The Power of Grayskull. That was a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to see that. Uh, and then there's also one on the Lego House. Oh, is there? Yeah, also on Netflix. So, uh, I guess anything else before we go? I think I think we've gone on enough tangents at this point. Uh, just just one quick little note. I want to wish Mark Hamill a happy birthday. His birthday was the other day. Yes. Happy birthday from Wookiee Radio. Yes. Um, anything else? I think that's, that's about all it. I got. Yeah. Well, the only thing left to do. There's no mystical energy field controls my destiny.